Chiefs Kingdom, welcome in to another edition, another episode of the AP Draft Talk podcast. Another, you know, our second weekly uh, podcast talking about all things draft. You know us on AP Draft Room, me, Brian, and Talon, always bringing you the good draft stuff on, on every Monday. But, you know, on this show, we like to talk mock draft, specifically about the mock drafts. And, you know, I got I had to bring on one of my guys here. I had to bring on one of the guys from the AP Draft Room. You guys know him well. Was breaking down film all year for us at AP. Talon Graf joining me on the mock draft show today. We're going to do a ton of fun stuff today. Um, but first of all, Talon, just how are you tonight on this Thursday evening? Hey, doing well. The combine started today, uh, so that was fun. Um, it was a pretty wild day, and it just, uh, you know, last year with it not being around, and um, it just feels a little bit like there's more emphasis on it this year and, and a little bit more fanfare. Obviously, the fans are in attendance. There's, there's applause going on during the 40-yard dash. It was, I don't know, it was, I don't know, the combine has grown into this this entity that I don't think anybody ever imagined it would. Yeah, you you message it in Slack, just like it is kind of surreal that yeah, you watch a forty yard and there's fans cheering for it and stuff. Like this this, yeah. this event started as like a a glorified like you know uh, doctors you know visit and now it turns into this. Uh, but you mentioned the combine. See, you know I I of course the the you know the first day of the combine I have something that keeps me busy all evening and I just got out of it. Um, so I didn't really get to kind of get the, the main takeaways. I didn't get the reaction of everything that happened. What were a few of the main things you took away from the first day? The receiver class is fast and deep. Um, the stars yeah. like that you expected to do well, Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, um, you know, Garrett Wilson, those guys, they all did well, but some other guys kind of outshine them in terms of, you know, their, their 40 yard dash times or broad jumps, stuff like that. in just terms of being athletes, uh, Christian of North Dakota State, Rod receiver, he really tested off the charts, uh, probably earned himself quite a bit of money come draft night. Um, and then uh, another one that kind of stood out was Alec Pierce. I think he's probably going to go fairly high now after his combine. Um, but man, the Ohio State receivers, uh, 428 from Olave and then 437 Ooh. from uh, Wilson. Um, just Wide receiver one. Right. I mean, blazing split speed from the Buckeyes. And um, I don't know which one's going to go earlier. I mean, they're both, they both have rattling talent. And it, I think it's just going to be one of those, you know, kind of how the Alabama receivers were last year. You don't really know who's going to go first. They're both right. going to land in great spots. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm looking a little smart right now. You know, Garrett Wilson, my wide receiver one. Um, and then also Christian Watson, I snuck in my top 10 wide receivers. Nice. I, you know, you at the senior bowl, you saw that he was moving different than what usually six, five, you know, that kind of size. And he proved it at the combine. I saw that uh, Kent Platt, you know, the guy behind the uh, RAS, uh, you know, relative athletic score. He tweeted out that he might have had a perfect 10 on the RAS, which is ridiculous. Um, so, yeah. So the receiver class is crazy. I think that was the biggest takeaway. It's not much you can take away from the quarterbacks running a 40. Right. I mean, yeah, it was, it was all about the receivers on Thursday. Got plenty, you know, more this weekend, obviously. You know, I think we got, was it the, uh, we got linebackers and running backs tomorrow? I don't have it in front of me. I wish I did. Yeah, me either. No, I'm thinking about it. I, I, do, <laughs> I do think running backs are tomorrow. Um, and then so whoever's paired with them. Yeah, linebackers, yeah. I know defensive backs are Sunday. That is all yeah. I can guarantee. Uh, that's that's every year. But uh, yeah, great podcasting here so far. But that's that's what you come to expect at, on the AP Podcast Network. We, <laughs> hey, we, and I will say, I know tight end and high uh, on the Chiefs needs, but 
There are some really intriguing tight end prospects. I think Trey McBride from Colorado State is one that could be down the road. You look back on and like, like how did this guy not, you know, shine and, and become like everybody's gem of the draft just because he's, you know, dominating everybody now. But um, and then Greg Dolson from UCLA tested really well too, and they're they're both probably going to go fairly higher than a lot of people expected them to. Um, but yeah, they 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 kind of set themselves apart from the field. Yeah, this tight end class is super unique. Like, I feel like there's not, you know, obviously there's not the top end guys, not the Noah Fant, there's not the TJ Hawkinson, uh, you know. But from, like, rounds, like, maybe, like, late round two or maybe early round three to, like, round five, there's probably, like, 20 tight ends that fit that category. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, tight end will be an interesting one. You know, hey, we'll see. You know, they, they, they might want to keep continuing to invest behind Kelsey, you know, as he gets a little older and older. This might be a good class to – Find some value in the middle of the rounds. Um, you know, a certain UAB tight end didn't get invited to the combine, but he would have put up great numbers. So we'll see on his pro day. It's actually March 9th. Uh, shout out Gary, as always. But we are not here today to talk all combine. You heard us preview the combine. If you didn't listen to AP Draft Room yet, make sure you go back and listen. I thought we had a, a lot of good stuff about the combine in general, what to take away from it, what to look for. But today, like I said, it's mock draft talk, man. And Talon, you are joining me because we are going to do a full first round mock draft. All the NFL teams that are picking in the first round, me and you, my friend, are going to be picking for each of them. We're going to alternate picks and we're going to get through all 32. Just a good way to maybe talk through all these first round prospects, maybe see which ones we're higher on. Um, you know, obviously we have the com you know, the receiver combine to maybe influence our decisions a little bit. But no, I think this will be fun, you know, not just Chiefs centric. Obviously, Chiefs have a pick at the end, but. We're just going to talk, you know, general football, fellas. So I hope everyone is ready. And Talon, you know, I, I'm just going to give you the first, the number one overall pick because I'm selfish and I want to pick Chiefs pick at number 30. So uh, that that is the only reason I'm I'm letting you pick number one. But uh, no, are, are you excited, Talon? How are you feeling about this mock draft? Not, dude, I'm feeling good. Like, I, I yeah, I love mock draft season. Um, it's, it's an addiction of mine. It's probably borderline unhealthy one my wife would probably say it is um but no i mean i love it like i used to used to sit before i had a laptop and stuff like would would do it on my notebook and yeah I mean, I'm, I'm excited dude this is gonna be fun like i'm, I'm pumped for this do 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 is that is that copyright i don't know uh, serta you might have to uh help us out there um all right so we got the number one overall pick jacksonville jaguars are on the clock talon where do you have them going with the first pick dude okay new coach you have your franchise quarterback in trevor lawrence you need to protect him you're losing cam robinson to free agency it, it's it's pretty simple this is a really easy number one overall pick um it's evan neal out of alabama the offensive tackle he is the best tackle on the board he's probably your best option on the board um you know, even with those talented edges there, you can never go wrong with drafting an edge rusher. Um, and Jacksonville could, could use help there too. But you want to keep Trevor Lawrence protected for the longevity of his career, and Evan Neal is going to be your best uh, option to do that. So I think you, you you have to do that if you're Jacksonville with a brand-new head coach and new regime. You have to get better in the trenches. I totally agree. And, yeah, pick your choice. Maybe, you know, maybe some teams might prefer, you know, a Kwanwu or Cross maybe over – Neil, I sure wouldn't. I really think Evan Neal's the safest pick in the draft, maybe even out of all positions, honestly, um, just because I I don't know. He has that base, man, that that length, that frame. He's going to be good, man. I, I, I can't imagine he's not going to be a good tackle. But number two, the Lions are picking here. 
And you know, I, I, I just, I just think it's natural, man. I got to go Aiden Hutchinson here. I just feel like it makes so much sense. Michigan, Detroit, you know, I feel like Hutchinson really fits what, you know, they, uh, Dan Campbell talked about with biting your kneecaps off. I love it. Um, even if Hutchinson, maybe, you know, I don't know. I have a tough time picking between Thibodeau and Hutchinson. I still think Thibodeau is probably the better player, but, um, you know, there is some, you know, there's some pros and cons to each, but I'm just going to go Hutchinson here. I just feel like it makes too much sense. If, if the Lions have Hutchinson on the board, I feel like they, they have to take him, um, in my opinion, but who knows? Who knows? How do you feel about that pick? I agree. I mean, it's, okay. it's almost like, uh, when the Rams took Jared Goff, it's almost like it's just cause he went to Cal and it, it just fit better. Almost <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like this is, you know, the Detroit has been, you know, in the dog house for a while and, and getting the Michigan, you know, defensive end. That's exactly, the, you know, yeah, it's, it's too good not to, you know, sometimes he's good. And he's a great player. It's not like he doesn't yes. deserve that. Like it's, yes. it's just, it's gravy that he's, you know, went to in-state. Yeah, there could be something where, yeah, maybe Thibodeau might have a higher ceiling um, than Hutchinson. But, you know, you know you're getting a good player in Hutchinson. So it's not like it's a – like you said, it's not like it's a bad pick. But number three, it's where it might – you know, we might switch some 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 stuff up, Town. Where do you got number three? To the Houston Texans, I should say. Yeah, this is uh, this is where it gets tricky, right? Um, you know, you, you look at who's on the board, and I look at Derek Stingley long and hard here. Um, Ooh. But – I think you have to play the safer choice. I think the safer choice here is Kayvon Thibodeau um, at edge. You you got to you got to get that uh, pass rush going back in Houston. That's kind of what you you're. They used to hang their hat on that, um, and it's it's not really been that way the past few years. But um, you get a guy like Thibodeau in there, things start to turn it around. And man, the the dude the dude is an elite athlete, and and he can get to the he can get to the quarterback in a lot of different ways. He can, he can do it standing up. He can do it with a with a hand in the dirt. Um, so yeah, I think this is a, a great fit for Houston. Yeah, well, if you're Houston right now, you're taking a better, the best player available, right? You're not worried about what position. You're not in a, you're not in a position to worry about what kind of position you're picking. You just got to pick good football players, and yeah, it's hard to see Thibodeau really, you know, um, you know, busting, right? I feel like he has a he's he's a high floor, high ceiling guy. So I like that. Number four, the New York Jets are looking here. I think. You know, I think the Jets, a popular pick for them is offensive tackle. I think you see a lot of people go Aquanwu or Cross here. But, you know, Robert Sala, the head coach, you know, former defensive coordinator. I think they are losing some talent on defense, uh, especially in that safety room. So I think this is where Kyle Hamilton comes off. I think if you're with all with, with everything you can do with Kyle Hamilton, I think Salah, Robert Salah is just like, why would I not pick this guy? Make it easier on me. You know, he's a guy you can, you can put all over the defense. So I'm going Kyle Hamilton here, Talon. Yeah, I mean, how can you not? That's that's probably the overall best football player on the board, um, and probably was even back at number one. I mean, when you when you go pound for pound, uh, Hamilton's a stud, dude, and and it's gonna be hard for Jets fans to kind of swallow that pick if it happens just because of the 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 bad taste that Jamal Adams left in their mouth. Yeah. Um, oh man. <laughs> but man, that's, Kyle a, that's Hamilton, a great point. It's a great point. So other, uh, you know, that might be, get some booze from from those Jets fans. But Hamilton is going to be a a, a a game changer for your defense, regardless. So I, that's a that's a home run pick. Yeah, it's one of those things, guys. Where <laughs> he's up this high in the boards for a reason. He, it's, there's just no doubt conversation about Kyle Hamilton for a reason. You don't see guys at his size move around at the safety position very much. So he's a very rare talent, but. Number five, we got the New York Giants up for their first of two picks in the next three selections. 
Talon, who do you got? You got both of their picks, so you, you're kind of playing, uh, you know, Giants GM right here. Who do you got going number five? Yeah, man. Um, so I think here with the Giants, I think you're going to go offensive line because you're right behind them is is Carolina. So Carolina's splitting your picks. So um, if you want to get it, if you want to get your tackle, if you're New York, you have to get your tackle now because if you don't, you're the Carolina who I think is going to go tackle. Um, but anyway, in this case, I think you got to go Equanwell. Um, uh, he's probably the best tackle on the board right now. He's arguably tackle one overall. Um, and a lot of people probably would argue that, but I, I have him number two and I think he would be really good with, with the giants. They, they swung on Andrew Thomas, that picks kind of up in the air. Um, but I think if you bring, bring Icky in here and put him on the left side and then slide Thomas back to the right, I, th- I think he got a pretty formidable offensive line now and, and you, you might be able to do something. Yeah, I agree. I I like the Giants going trenches. I mean, they're sticking by Daniel Jones, right? So, hey, help him as much as you can, especially in protection. Pick number six, I think this is a prime pick for trade down opportunity, maybe. Um, Especially with how, this is the thing with this quarterback class is it doesn't look very good right now. But by the time April comes around, I do feel like there could be some, you know, teams talking themselves into picking guys like Malik Willis pretty high. So saying that, I'm gonna go Malik Willis here. I, I think the I think the Panthers want to want to <laughs> Talon freaking out. Uh, you know, I, I just think the Panthers they got they got to take a swing, man. I mean, they're they're you know it, it nothing has worked for them really in the two years Matt Rule's been there. You know, they kind of were that exciting team with Teddy Bridgewater. They were competitive, and last year they just totally were a dumpster fire. You know, take a swing, man. I think Malik Willis's traits and everything it might buy you as a head coach and a GM, which might be their you know philosophy here. It might buy you a couple of years. Say, hey we need to develop this guy before you fire us. So taking a guy like Malik Willis here might make sense. What's your reaction to that pick? I'm shocked, um, man. That would be, you know, that would be bold. And if that happens on draft night, that would be one of those moves where I, I have, I did not see it coming. I'll, I'll text you and call you and praise you and, 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 and <laughs> all that stuff. But yeah, I'd be, you know, I, I see it. I would see why a team like that would do it. Um, all the points you made were great and, and they make sense. Um, I just think for that organization, before you go get your quarterback, you got to, you have to find people to block for him. Um, but again, I, that's what I thought with the Bengals. And, you know, I thought it would have been sacrilege <laughs> to take, to take chase over Sewell and it happened. And then they, they're the Super Bowl runner up. So, you know, sometimes it just, you just have to do what's best for your organization. And, and maybe Malik Willis is that. Jeez. Talon opening up the wounds, talking about the Bengals already. Jeez Louise. Let us get a little further in the off season. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I think you make a great point, though. Honestly, in my head, I do think if if Aquanu is there at six, I do think they may take him. I think teams, I like Charles Cross, but I do think teams are going to get a little worried about him in terms of his size, his length, um, his ability to become, you know, right away an offensive tackle starter, even though he is a really good pass protector, probably a better pass protector than the, the two tackles we've already taken. But I just feel like I, I don't see a team taking a swing on him this high in the draft, so... That was my main reasoning. Like I said, he probably would have went offensive tackle. They they probably would have went offensive tackle if, if Malik Willis wasn't on the board. But or I mean, if you know, if Aquanu was on the board. But number seven, you got another Giants pick here. Mm. Uh, you know, you just went. Uh, you know, with the number five pick, who are you going here? So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick in the trenches, but I'm gonna go defense this time. Um, and I'm gonna take Jermaine Johnson, the the Florida State edge. Um, I I think the dude is an, is an athletic freak. I think. I think he's got that that first step, that initial step that you just can't teach. Um, and I think that's a guy that, you know, the Giants really haven't had a um, 
uh, an identity on defense for a while. Um, they really haven't had a star. I feel that, you know, that has been the face of that defense and, and, you know, Jermaine Johnson could be the dude if he, if he goes out and, and, uh, and, and, and becomes that impact rookie for your defense, you know, I, I think that'd be really good. And in, in the division they face, they need pass rushers. Um, yeah. they, they face some good quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, um, Jalen Hurts. So, um, you know, whoever Washington ends up with. But, yeah, man, I, I think that would be a great pick if they go Jermaine Johnson. Yeah, the Johnson pick, too, does make sense for, you know, when you think about the Giants. They, they have Daniel Jones in this in this last kind of year, right, where he has to prove it. They have to pretty much win. They're not trying to build anything. They're, they're kind of trying to win right now. And I think Johnson is definitely the most NFL, maybe not definitely, but one of the most NFL-ready edges outside of the first two we saw drafted. So I like that pick. Number eight, though, I, you know, I keep seeing this happen in real mock drafts and almost questioning it. And then it just happened here. How does Derek Stingley fall to eight? <laughs> I mean, I, I consider him a generational talent. I consider him the best cornerback in this class. Um, and then yet I, I do it again where he falls all the way to eight. But that's why I'm going here. I think the Falcons could use some help, some, some really good playmaking in the defense. They could use it anywhere. But I think Stingley's your. You know, he's an LSU guy, you know, a, you know, a Southern guy, um, you know, you know, you're going to get a good player. I mean, I don't know. I don't see, I, I think the whole, you know, past couple of years of Stingley has really drove down his stock, but if you, if, if teams were drafting him after his true freshman year, he'd be the number one overall pick. And so I do think, I, I do think there's a reason for that. He was that good. And I, and I see it happening. I see him turning back into that, that top player in the NFL. So yeah, Derek Stingley at number eight, but Denver's at number nine town. Who are you thinking? Yeah, man, I the Willis pick at five or at, uh, at six really kind of throws a wrench in this plane. But with Denver, it's they didn't take a quarterback last year, and they probably you know should have. But um, depending on free agency and trades and all that stuff, who knows? You know, they they're, they might go after Aaron Rodgers, they might go for Russell Wilson. Um, so at this point, it's really hard to kind of see what Denver is going to do. But for me. Um, I'm going to go who I think is going to help their defense the best. And that's David Ajabo. Um, they lost Von Miller. Um, Bradley Chubb hadn't really grown into that, that um, elite edge rusher that, that they planned on um, taking the place of Von Miller. So David Ajabo from Michigan, man, he's, he's that raw athlete, the, the kind of unproven guy that just, um, you know, is he good or did he just play across from Aiden Hutchinson? Um, so, you know, the film speaks for itself. I like Ojabo. I think he's a he's a really good talent who can get a lot better than what he is right now, and he, he's a really good football player right now. Um, so yeah, so for Denver, this is a good fit to put him across from uh, from Bradley Chubb. You got a you got a young duo there that can hopefully start getting after quarterbacks. Yeah, hey, they, they lost Von Miller last year. Finally, you know, the Von Miller era ends in Denver. Why not go get another speedy edge rusher that you know Ojabo is a very raw, talented guy that could end up. You know, you hear people say it, but like if he would have stayed at Michigan maybe another year, maybe next year we're talking about him as one of the highest picks in the entire draft. So you're betting on traits with Ojabo. Don't mind that at all. And hey, you mentioned it earlier with the Giants. Guess guess what division the Denver Broncos in? They got to play Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. I wow, I just said Herbert before Mahomes. That was kind of weird. But uh, I got to play those two every year. So always a good idea to stock up on the pass rush. Number ten. The Jets are picking here. I had them taking Kyle Hamilton with the first pick. And so they they, they come back around. You know, I, I think that offensive tackle theory that people had at, at first, maybe for that first pick, you know, it kind of pays off here maybe. You know, Charles Cross is here. But are we sure the Jets don't want to give their young quarterback another weapon? And I think right here 
is maybe where we see the darling of the receiver class, it seems like, for NFL media and everything. Traylon Burks go just because he is I he's not my wide receiver one, but I do think the traits he possesses and the you know NFL coaches seeing his potential. I think teams are gonna I think he's gonna end up being the first wide receiver taken in, in, in April. So I think the Jets go here, give their give their young quarterback a stud receiver. Talent, any reaction to that pick? I like it. Um, you know, they have Mikai Becton and you know that that right tackle you could probably, you know, fill for now. Um, or maybe even find someone later on because I think the Jets have quite a few picks in this draft. Uh, but yeah, Burks is Burks is gonna definitely help out that receiving room. He's gonna help out Zach Wilson. Um, it, it's yeah. a good move. I, I if if I'm a Jets fan, I, I would be pleased with that. You have two unbelievable athletic football players now. If you're the Jets with Kyle Hamilton, Traylon Burks, so that's yeah, that's that's a good one and two. Yeah, and if you think about it, you know it's not like the Jets are hoping to win the Super Bowl next year or even the year after necessarily. They could use maybe a year or two of development from Burks. It's not like they're in a huge hurry, so. I like the pick, but Washington is here at number 11. The Commanders, what a weird thing to say. I, I'm never going to get used to it. But, Talon, who are the Commanders picking at number 11? <laughs> Man, this one's tough. Uh, they are in desperate need of a quarterback. Um, but there's a lot of good football players sitting there on the board. Um, you know, and that this quarterback class is just weak. And, and Taylor Heineke, they did some stuff, man. I, I think – I. I think I'm not going to pull the trigger on a quarterback yet. I don't think I'm going to reach. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to take Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. I think Ooh. I'm going to kind of reinforce that cornerback room. Um, you're 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 very loaded up front on that defense with Washington, um, but but with your with what with what you're adding with Sauce Gardner is an elite shutdown cornerback um, who is who thrives in zone coverage but can play man and is is good enough to shut down a receiver. Um, you know, long enough for that pass rush to get there, right? So Sauce Gardner, I think, would be a great fit for Washington. Um, you know, their their cornerback room has is probably the weakest point of their defense. So I think if you go out and get an elite corner, arguably CB one. I mean, I know Stingley is, is has has been great, but he hadn't played football in a while. Um, so yeah, Ahmad Gardner is going to be my pick for Washington. I like it. Washington is a de- you know they they win with defense, right? And so let's stack it up even more. Um, you know, I do think their secondary last year was was probably their biggest problem. Honestly, their defensive line didn't get much worse, although it wasn't as good as the year before. But now, if Malik Willis was there, I would have taken him. I, and I will, yeah, I like that you said that because I was going to ask you honestly. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I think I think Malik's traits are, you know, they're just going to be enticing to NFL teams, even if it is more of a swing. You know, but a guy like Josh Allen out of Wyoming went seventh overall. So I mean, or maybe maybe around that range, but. All right, pick number 12, Minnesota Vikings are on the clock. I feel like when you think Vikings first-round pick, you're thinking trenches. I feel like that's just always how they go. It is a new regime. We, we do have to acknowledge that. You know, they got a new GM and new head coach in there after a very long time in the Spielman and, um, you know, Zimmer era. But, you know, I do think that their new GM is very analytically, um, you know, sound. That's kind of his calling card right now. Everyone's talking about him being more of an analytics guy. And I think an analyst guy is going to like the production that Charles Cross had in at Mississippi State. So I think I think he goes Charles Cross here, gets your, you know, a, a starting left tackle, really good in pass protection. You know, may not be the strongest runner, but the strong, strongest run blocker. But, hey, today's NFL is all about protecting your quarterback in the pass game. So Vikings go Charles Cross here. Browns are on the clock, number 13, Talon. 
Oh man, the, what are the Browns going to do? Right, I, mean, I I was on the train. I was on, like I predicted them to go to the AFC Championship. I was on the you know, the Browns have turned the corner. This is it, right? Well, <laughs> it's not quite. <laughs> I was I was too. I I said they'd be the two seed last year. So yeah, I am too. <laughs> so, but here we are. Um, you know. They're still in the teens. It's not terrible. You know, the Browns have some rebuilding to do. They just had a little setback. Um, there's still a lot of good places there, or a lot of good pieces in place. But right now, they're you know, when you look at their defensive line room, they're, they're losing some to free agency. Um, and I think this is a pretty fun spot to take a defensive lineman because you really haven't seen any taken yet, um, which is rare. And Devontae Wyatt from Georgia sitting there, that Georgia defense is so loaded. Um, and I think why it's going to be that first Georgia defender taken off the board. Um, and, uh, and he, he goes here to Cleveland and, and he, he's probably the better suited out of the two to interred. You know, when you think of Georgia, you think of, uh, Devonte Wyatt and, and Jordan Davis. Um, but Wyatt, I think is a little bit more mobile. He's a little bit more versatile. He's a little bit more, um, you know, he's going to offer you, offer you more opportunity to stay on the field. So in this instance, I think Green Bay, or I'm sorry, Green Bay. I don't know why that was in my head, um, but <laughs> Cleveland, um, it, it gets a little bit better on their defense and, and uh, reloads there and takes Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. I wonder if it's on your head because Green Bay, you know, back of the first round is usually where Wyatt goes. So I love this Maybe, going. Yeah. I love him going this high because I agree. I think he's the best defensive tackle in this class and, I could see him really becoming a really effective, you know, three down player at the next level. So I think that's worthy of a top 15 pick. I am surprised that he's not, you know, he doesn't get more hype. I think, you know, PFF hypes him up pretty good, but you know, I think Jordan Davis's massive frame, just people just can't get over that. And, you know, it overshadows Devontae Wyatt a little bit, but with number 14, the Baltimore Ravens are on the clock now. And the Ravens always do something a little creative in the first round. I feel like, you know, you never can quite know exactly what they're thinking. And honestly, I'm in a tough bind here. I have a couple options that I'm really considering right here. When I think about the Ravens, I think defense, honestly. I really do. And let's be honest, you know, uh, he's on the top of the board right now, which, you know, I'm trying not to go as chalk as possible. But I got like Trayvon Walker from Georgia. He is an edge, but he's a heavy edge. He can also play inside in pass rushing situations. I think the Ravens really like all that creativity, being able to do that on their defensive line. Um, yeah, they don't have Wink Martindale anymore. You know, they did fire their defensive coordinator, but that doesn't mean, you know, the, the, the basis, you know, the, the foundation of the Ravens organization doesn't like taking, first of all, big school players. They do like taking, you know, their Alabama guys, you know, a, a Georgia guy maybe. And I don't know, this just fits so well. I think they could use a little more juice. You know, Clias Campbell's old. Um, they don't really, you know, Justin Houston was one of their starting guys last year. They need a little more youth. So Trayvon Walker goes at number 14 to the Baltimore Ravens. I like that pick. I do. I think that's a pretty good fit for what for what the Ravens want to do on defense. <clears throat> what they want to do on defense. Um, but, but looking ahead at 15, the Eagles, man, this is the first of three out of five picks that the Eagles have. Um, <laughs> so we're going to, yeah, we're going to alternate here. They have back to back. You have their 16th. I have their 15th. Um, and then they also have the 19th. So uh, they could get, they could get creative here, man. They could, they could really do a lot of stuff here. Um, but in our, for our purposes, I think they're just going to start loading up on, on good, fo- good um, football players. They're going to be, they're going to be good for their locker room. Um, and really when I see what's, who's on the board, Oh, it's got, uh, 
<laughs> wow, this is tough, man. I know we're so we're tough. getting we're getting out of the uh, the lottery pick, so it gets a lot yeah. tougher. So I think with the first one here, um, I think this is probably a oh my gosh, this is okay. I'm gonna do it. I'll just do it. I'll 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 play the safe card um, and, and make you <laughs> make you make the tough decision. Uh, but I'm gonna take uh, Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey um, with this pick at number 15. And man, there's so many good football players on the board. It's, it's tough for me to, this is just a fit. This is just a good football player that fits a need. And you have a pick right after this to, to fill something else. So, but I'm going to put that responsibility on you. Sorry, brother. <laughs> you went the safe route for sure. No, there's there, you know, when you, when you're trying to get a starting caliber player in the first round, I don't think, there, well, there are maybe some as safe options, but Tyler Lindemann is going to be as safe as it gets. That dude just seems like he's going to be a center in the league for the next 10 years. So Eagles go from Kelsey to Linderbaum. I'd say that's pretty good, but that's the thing, man. I mean, they have, they have a few different things they could go here. I mean, they could always use more wide receiver help. I think, um, you know, they're a team that values that. I think they've taken a lot in a swing, a lot of swings on wide receivers lately. Uh, you know, they, they take Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Then they take Devonte Smith last year. But I don't know if they're going to go receiver again. Although, you know, a guy like Jameson Williams is there. Garrett Wilson is there, too. Could they double up on offensive line talent? Could they say, hey, a guy like Trevor Penning, we really like the the raw skills of, you know, we want to get him in here. But, you know, at the same time, they are, you know, the Eagles, you know, they value defense. And I do think a cornerback, you know, right here would make sense. There's a couple on the board that are, you know, up top on TDN's board that we're looking at. You know, it's probably too much of a reach to take any other corners. Um, yeah. Hey, let's do it. I'm going to take Trent McDuffie here. I think, I think that makes sense. Um, give the Eagles a guy in the secondary. You know, they, you know, they've, they've picked guys, but it just seems like they're always dealing with, you know, they never have like high investment guys in the secondary. It always feels like they, they're kind of patching it up back there. Let's get into a first round player in Trent McDuffie from Washington. Love that pick. That was, if I didn't go Linderbaum, I would have gone McDuffie, but I honestly, I couldn't choose between him and Booth. <laughs> I know that that's yeah, exactly. No, I almost... So I, yeah, I put that decision on you. Um, I wanted, so yeah, but yeah, the great pick. I, I think they, they couldn't go wrong with McDuffie or Booth. I think both of those guys would be day one impact for that defense. Um, so yeah, great pick there. Uh, the chargers in division rival. Um, this is, you know, the, the decision on Mike Williams is kind of looming. Um, the, you know, they, they've been rumored that they want to bring him back. Um, but James, Jameson Williams is sitting there on the board. Um, you know, you think about bringing him into that room that, that hasn't established Keenan Allen and, and a growing Justin Herbert. You know, that, that's, uh, that's an exciting, intriguing possibility. But I think I'm going to go Trevor Panning here, um, offensive tackle. They got Rayshon Slater last year, and, and now you're going to shore up your right side. Um, and I know they had the the Balaga, but he kind of dealt with injuries, and, and you know he's he's on the back nine of his career. But Trevor Penning was kind of a jewel of the Senior Bowl, um, Northern Iowa offensive tackle. He's just a mean, spirited offensive tackle who's who really doesn't back down from anybody. He just has that that old school offensive line mentality and. Um, you know, I think this is a guy that that would be great for the Chargers. You now solidify each tackle spot that they've struggled with for a very long time. Uh, 
So, yeah, when you have a franchise quarterback like Justin Herbert, you want to make sure that he's going to be protected. So, Rayshon Slater one side, now you get Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa, um, and I think you're 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 starting to roll a little bit, and, and, and you have two big boxes checked off. If you're a Chargers fan, I think you got to love this pick. You know, I, I feel like you see the national media. You see a lot of this is where a wide receiver goes, or this is where Jordan Davis goes, because I do think the Chargers are, you know, they, they could use some help up the middle on defense, but – when in today's league, it's an offensive league. When you have a franchise quarterback, if you have an opportunity, if you really feel good about a guy like Penning and you already hit a home run on Rashawn Slater last year, it seems like at least. Yeah, I why not shore up those two two positions? You don't have to worry about them for the next four years at least. You know, through the rookie deal, obviously, you know, extensions will come in. But yeah, you know, Penning, he is a guy that's a little volatile for me. I don't know for sure how much I, I want to say he's gonna. I don't know how how safe of a, of a pick he is, but if they feel good about him, take him because he is, he does have those traits where he could turn into, you know, the Quentin Nelson of the tackle position. So does, yeah, does he does he have a little Kyle Turley in him? Do you think? Yeah, <laughs> I love that grab. Oh my god, Kyle Turley. Oh wow, I love it. No, yeah, he does. He has that nastiness. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you you almost be like, okay, did he have that nastiness just against FCS level? No, you watched the Iowa State game last year. You also watched the Senior Bowl. I mean, he was doing that to everybody. So that's just kind of how he plays. And, you know, he has the frame to grow into and bully NFL-level players too. So it's it, he does have that frame. Like I said, a little more volatile for me. I actually ranked him as my number five offensive tackle. But I do recognize that his ceiling could be as high as pretty much anyone's, maybe besides like Evan Neal in this class. So Number 18 here, though, with the Saints. And then, actually, after this pick, we're going to go to break because I need to throw it to break. But number 18 here, I think this is a perfect opportunity for Jameson Williams to come off the board just because the Saints are not in a position to be winning right now. So you might as well take a very talented player that probably wouldn't last you this long if he was healthy. You might as well take him. He's going to be ready for 2023 when you do have your quarterback in place finally because we know it's – we know he's not. The Saints aren't going to have a legitimate quarterback this year. It just doesn't feel like it, unless you know maybe Russell Wilson goes there. I just have. I feel like they're going to rebuild a little more this year. So, I see Jameson Williams as a fit for the Saints here um, long term. Um, how do you feel about Jameson Williams right now, Talon? Yeah, I like that. Um, I like that pick a lot. You know, uh, you said it perfectly. They're they're not in win now mode. Um, that you know they just lost, they just lost Sean Payton, who's been their coach for you know for a while, and uh, they don't really have a solidified quarterback. They don't, you know, they don't really have a lot. <laughs> so yeah, bringing Jameson Williams, who who is going to be a star in the future, you know he's going to get get healthy eventually. You know he's going to be productive. Um, so yeah, so right now you you probably need someone who's going to make your team feature, uh, better for the long term and not the short term, and that's that's definitely Jameson Williams in this instance. All right, guys, we're going to throw it to break here. At, on the other side, we will be back with picks 19 through 32. Finish this mock draft off. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back here on the AP Draft Talk Show. 
we're doing a first round mock here. We've gone through picks one through 18 so far. Uh, Saints just picked Jameson Williams from Alabama. So now it is time for the Eagles to make their third pick of the first round. The first two picks. Let me remind myself real quick. Uh, we went, you went Linderbaum and then I went Trent McDuffie. So we've attacked both sides of the ball so far, but number 19 Talon, What are you thinking here? All right, man. One of the biggest sliders of draft day so far, um, you know, arguably probably would probably would have been smarter to take him at 15 instead of Linderbaum. Um, just, just because he has slidden already. Uh, but I'm going to go George Karlaftis from, uh, from Purdue. Um, you know, this is a guy that, that really, <laughs> why he's sliding, I don't really understand. Um, I, you know, he, he's a guy that really offers a lot in terms of pass rush ability and in terms of, of skills that he, he has a lot of different weapons that he can use. Um, and he's just a technician, man. He He's going to get to the quarterback in one way or another, uh, and he has plenty of ways to get there. So I think this is a, a, a pretty good pick for, for the Eagles with their third first-round pick. You got McDuffie, who's going to help out in the secondary. You got Linderbaum, who's solidifying your, the interior offensive line. Now you get Karlaftis, who's uh, arguably talented enough to probably go top 10, um, but he's sliding out to, to nearly you know, just inside of the top 20, and I think this is probably going to be one of the steals um, that you look you look back on and think, man, the Eagles really got him in 19, and that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, you know what? It's funny you mentioned Carl Loftus. Just like he's one of those guys that I'm kind of hoping continues to fall for whatever reason. Like you mentioned, I it is kind of funny. I mean, I, I guess I kind of get it. Maybe some people just think he's just an athletic freak that may not be able to put it all together. Um, I dis, you know I disagree to an extent. I think he's just a young football player that hasn't played a lot of football yet, and and in the years he has played football, he's been freaking dominant. So. I mean, you watch his tape last year. I mean, you can't even get a good snap because every snap he's getting double teamed because teams know that's exactly what he's doing. So that's uh, all that to say, though. I, he's kind of a guy I'm hoping continues to lose draft stock so the Chiefs could maybe get him at 30. I think that would be a dream of a, thir- of a pick in the first round if you're the Chiefs. So I like that call. Pick 20 here is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I know at the Senior Bowl, everyone was saying Malik Willis. I mean, this is it, right? You know, Mike Tallman was talking to him a lot. It was kind of obvious. He's not here, right? And so I don't see them going quarterback just because I don't think any other quarterback warrants a pick in the first round, in my opinion. I mean, you know, maybe Kenny Pickett, but, man, hand size says all, man. I don't know if if, if that, you know, I, it doesn't say all, but, like, it is a pretty strict thing. Like, you know, historically, if you don't hit this hand size, you're not going to be a very good player. So I don't think they go Kenny Pickett here. You know, for some reason, it just feels right here. I'm going to go Zion Johnson from Boston College, the interior offensive lineman. He's a versatile guy. He could play both guard positions, maybe even some ta- – I don't think he could play some tackle, but he's a versatile guy. He's a guy that can move really well. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a very smart guy in terms of, you know, you could just tell um, at the Senior Bowl and everything. And, and at the Senior Bowl on the field, he, he, he played really well. So I like Zion Johnson. The Steelers need to improve their offensive line. I think last year – they went the other way and said, "Hey, let's just get a better, let's just get a really good running back." And not and 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 you saw that Najee Harris was one of the most inefficient running backs in the NFL last year, just because of the offensive line in front of him. Get that better, and then hopefully, you know, you find another quarterback, and you're helping your quarter, your new quarterback too with this pick. So Zion Johnson at number twenty, that leaves the Patriots number twenty-one. Talon, what are you thinking here? You know, you, you drafted Mac Jones last year entering his second year, you really want to provide him the, the best opportunity to grow. Um, but you're also losing JC Jackson. 
you lost Stephon Gilmore earlier, you know, midseason. Uh, those are two very talented cornerbacks that, that are no longer in your room. And you have Andrew Booth sitting there and you have uh, Garrett Wilson sitting there. I'm thinking, do I, do I address the cornerback room, which is a, a, a dire need for New England right now? Or do I take Garrett Wilson and, 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 and give a probably arguably the best wide receiver in the draft to Mac Jones and, um, and, and aid his development? Well, it's Bill Belichick, and, and he's such a defensive-minded guy that he's going to go Andrew Booth um, in this scenario, and I think he's going to get his guy that can replace J.C. Jackson. Maybe not immediately, but he's he's a guy that can be groomed. And, and um, you know, Bill Belichick and, and his staff, um, they know how to get the best out of their guys. They know how to put their guys in the best position to succeed. And Andrew Booth um, is the type of weapon that, that Bill Belichick can probably make you know, a pro, a perennial all pro player. So I think Andrew Booth is, is too talented for Bill Pelichick to pass up on. Well, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, the Patriots kind of tree. Well, number 22 at the Raiders, Josh McDaniels is the new head coach. And one thing I know, I know he's an offensive mind, but he was in new England. He knows, you know, he needs, he knows how important defense is. And I think right now, you know, the Raiders have always kind of needed this playmaker at that second level of the defense. They have some good pass rushers right now, but why not get a Nakobe Dean here? Someone that can you can kind of build your defense around. I know he's not the perfect linebacker prospect, right? I do think, you know, there's a reason he's not going as high as Roquan Smith one year did, and and maybe you know like a Devin White or Devin Bush another year. Although Devin, you know, Devin Bush isn't anything special necessarily, but I I, I do think Nakobe Dean gives you a lot of playmaking ability at your linebacker position. He's going to be a guy that. He's just going to be, you know, he's just going to cause havoc. He's just going to make plays all over the field. Not necessarily a guy that you're going to be like, hey, cover Travis Kelsey. I mean, that's not necessarily his game, but he's just going to be a playmaker. He's, he's going to be, he's going to be a very good blitzer. He's going to be a very good tackler. He's going to, you know, he, he just, he somehow finds a way to avoid like every single block, it seems like. So, Nicobe Dean is my pick here for the Raiders. I don't love it as a Chiefs fan because I do think he could be a guy that, that plays a long time and we all really, you know, get tired of him seeing him tackle a running back in the backfield, but. Nicobe Dean is my pick for the Raiders here. Any reaction to that one, Talon? You know, I I really probably if this is a pick, um, I don't know how to feel about it because I do like Nicobe Dean, um, and he does make that defense a lot better. But I think what this the smarter and, and probably um, would make their team better is if they were to dress that defensive line with Jordan Davis or Perry on Winfrey. Um, but dude, a player like Nicobe Dean at 22, <laughs> it's hard to pass that value up. Um, so I understand going there, and that's in the long run taking Dean there with the depth of the defensive line room. You could probably get someone later on. Um, you can't get a Nicobe Dean later on, so this is probably the better choice. And, and really, when you sit and think about it and actually analyze the draft, this is going to be the, the wiser choice over probably interior defensive line. So Jordan Davis, you mentioned, man, he's still on the board. I mean, I, I, you know, it's not maybe too surprising, but I mean, this dude does is going to be one of those guys that goes right into the NFL immediately and plays well. Um, you got Arizona here at twenty three. Are you thinking Jordan Davis here at all, or where are you thinking? What are you going here? All right. So Kyler Murray clearly is upset with something, right? And what I think would make him happy. Obviously, an extension, a, a long-term deal. 
Um, but but what if you bring in a guy like Garrett Wilson, right? DeAndre Hopkins dealt with injuries last year. Um, Kyler Murray, when he had DeAndre Hopkins, when you have that premier elite receiver, Murray was cooking, you know. Um, and when you have a guy that you can trust and throw it up to and, and know that he's going to come down with it, Kyler Murray looks like a lot better quarterback than when you don't have a DeAndre Hopkins out there. Well, bring in a Garrett Wilson. Uh, now you got a, you know, now you got a premier receiver for your young quarterback and uh, Garrett Wilson and Kyler Murray together. It's a very scary thought. Garrett Wilson, we talked about him a little bit earlier. He's, he's your wide receiver one. Um, he offers a lot, man, route running. He offers speed. Um, he offers creativity. I think he would be really good with Kyler Murray in terms of, you know, finding, finding the open area and, and kind of being, you know, playing that backyard type of football. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Garrett Wilson here would, would go a long way in kind of curing that relationship with the front office and, and, uh, Kyler Murray. Yeah, man. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver one, for sure. I, I am not a, I'm not a huge fan of him going to Arizona cause I thought we were going to get him at 30. Maybe he was slipping a little bit, but, uh, no, I think it's a great call and it's kind of funny, man. I mean, Kyler Murray, I mean, if you look at all the things they've invested in that team over the last couple of years, like, it's not like it's. It's not like they haven't been putting money into that team, even if it is an older guy like A.J. Green or J.J. Watt. I mean, they're trying. And so this would just be another example of them trying to get put everything around Kyler Murray to make him successful. So, you know, it is a little silly maybe for Kyler to be. And we don't know for sure what the what the extent of everything is. But anyway, we got number 24. We got the Dallas Cowboys here. I think this is where we'll see Jordan Davis maybe go off if he falls all the way here. Just because you know Jerry Jones, man, he wants to he wants to get a big name. He wants to get the guy that people know. Maybe um, you know Micah Parsons last year obviously makes sense. You know, keep adding that defense. That offense is really good, man. I mean, maybe the offensive line could be kind of su- you know supplemented a little more in terms of you know they're getting a little older. They do need to maybe have you know have some more guys ready. Uh, you know, especially at offensive tackle. You know, a guy like Tyron Smith isn't going to play forever. But with the value as it is right here, I think it's I think. They're going to go Jordan Davis, shore up that middle of the defense, give them a, you know, another guy that can really, you know, make plays on defense. And, you know, I know, you know, people have soured on Jordan Davis a little bit just in terms of, oh, is he just this one tech nose, nose tackle that doesn't do much besides run stuff? I think he does give you a little more still. I I, I do think so. Um, I, I think he is super quick for his size and I think he could be a little more impactful than just, you know, a, a, a early down run stuffer. So I got Jordan Davis here. Any reaction to that pick, Talon? I like it. It's a very Jerry Jones type pick. You're you're right. Um, he likes to to get big name or uh, big name guys. You know wherever he picks. So I, I think this is this is a very Dallas Cowboys pick, and it's a good pick. Jordan Davis is for his size moves very well, um, and I think he would be very disruptive for that defense for sure. Hundred percent love that pick. <laughs> Bills at twenty five. Who you got? Bills at twenty five. Um, you know. We kind of saw Gabriel Davis, you know, emerge as as a viable option for Josh Allen, and obviously they have Stephon Diggs. Um, but you know, you you look at Buffalo and where can they get better? I, I see Perry on Winfrey on the board. I, I, I'm I'm kind of thinking about him, um, but I'm going to go Drake London. Um, I think pairing Woo. him with with Diggs and Davis, you, you're giving you're giving Josh Allen. Um, all the weapons in the world in the, in the, in the aerial attack, which, which he needs, he needs weapons to be effective as a passer. Cause we know what he can do as a runner. He has an offensive line in front of him where, where they can throw in those quarterback design runs and, and all that. But 
you just add all these weapons around him, and my gosh, you 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 make Buffalo a 50-50 offense. That's that's very scary with a guy like Josh Allen and and um yeah, I think Drake London with his size and um with his route running ability, his his intermediate kind of kind of uh uh value in terms of of, of where to fit him in the offense. Yeah, I like him a lot paired with Diggs and get with Davis. I think London would be a pretty pretty good steal for the Buffalo Bills. It would be a steal, man. It definitely would be. I, I, London's my wide receiver, too. I feel really good about him. I think in this draft, my head keeps going predictively. I'm not going necessarily off of what I would do. I kind of keep going what I kind of think the team would do, which, you know, there, there is two different things, right? That is two different exercises. Um, and and maybe, uh, maybe I need to lock in one day on actually doing what I would do because Drake London would be much higher on this, on, on this board. Um, if I was doing exactly what I would do for each pick and i'm kind of going back and forth i don't know exactly what i'm doing here it's our first mock it's our first you know full first round mock we're just picking guys as we want them and then the titans are here at 26 so i feel like the titans are one of those teams that like i feel like they don't have like one huge need i feel like they just have a bunch of different kind of like more minor needs i guess they're one of those teams that seems to always be pretty good but like at the same time it's like how did they get this good i mean i know they have derrick henry but um so I'm thinking corner here, although I don't think McCreary would be the pick for them. Um, I just don't think I don't know. I think I don't think McCreary is going to go very high. The more I, I, you know, his arms are so short, man, and and that is what's going to be a big deal to teams. Kyler Gordon is on the board, you know, that makes sense to me too. That corner, I think corner is always a good pick for the Titans. You know, they could use trench help too. Oh man, this is tough, but I think I'm going to stick with the trench help. I think a guy like Kenyon Green is just a safe pick here. He's a he's a versatile guy. I mean, some people maybe think he could maybe play some tackle, maybe. I'm not 100% sure about that, but Titans need trench help on both sides of the ball. I'll give him Kenyon Green, the, the interior offensive lineman from Texas A&M here. And that leaves you with the 27th pick. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are up here. What are you thinking here? The Tom Brady-less Bucks, man. This is going to be weird. It is going to be weird. Um, and when you hear Arians talk, he's he seems to have a lot of belief in Kyle Trask um, and not a lot of belief in the quarterback class for this year, which is fine. Um, so I think what they're going to do, you're losing Chris Godwin. Um, you still have Mike Evans. Um, man, Chris Olave is sitting there. He, he, just, ah. he, he just ran a blazing 4-2-6. He's, you know, he's, uh, he has good tape. He has detractors. He has stuff that you can, you know, detract him on and, and say, well, he, he doesn't check this box. He didn't check that box. The fact of the matter is you bring this guy in. He's produced on the field. He's he, he's put together good tape. He tested well at the combine. You're starting to run out of reasons to not like this guy. Um, so, yeah, he falls to to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who kind of are, are seem to be doing everything they can to keep the pieces together um, from the Super Bowl team. So yeah, Chris Olave here. I think he falls, and um, I think this is a pretty good pick for Buccaneers, and 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 they feel a, a pretty pretty good need. You have no clue. You just took my pick for the Packers at number twenty eight. Uh, I I thought I had it made in the shade there, Chris Olave with the Packers. So no, I, yeah, I think Olave might even go higher than this now that he did run that blazing forty. We know NFL teams love to value that speed, and and it's not like he was just a speed guy. You know, he he's a very good route runner. He was a really good player at Ohio State. I prefer Garrett Wilson, but I think it's just two different styles of player, man. I think they both could be really good in, in different types of, of roles in the NFL. So Tampa Bay gets better at receiver there. Number 28, 
Man, I still think I'm just going to give them, you know, upgraded receiver. I think Jahan Dotson right here gives them a guy that, you know, I, I you know, he ran pretty fast. Like, honestly, off the top of my head of camera, it was in the four threes, correct? I mean, it was like four three. It was four three something, Jahan Dotson today. Yeah, he ran well. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he's, and no, he's a lighter dude, but, you know, in my head here, you know, whether or not the Packers do retain Devontae Adams or not, or Aaron Rodgers or not, you need to give your new quarterback you know, a good receiver. They've never really had that that true number two. And I think actually Jahan Dawson would really compliment Devontae Adams if he were to stay. You know, um, I, I think he makes sense as a, a zero slot. And then Devontae Adams is your typical X, although obviously he's so good. He can play wherever. But now the Packers, this is always the pick that everyone makes. They take a receiver, right? Well, uh, in the first round. Well, they never do. But this year I'm making them do it. Jahan Dawson at number 28. And that leaves you with the Dolphins at number 29. What are you thinking? So Dolphins here, um, you know, they got their new their new head coach. Um, I kind of forget his name right now, uh, but it came from San Francisco. Mike Campbell, is that it? No, McDaniel. Mike, Mike McDaniel. Thank you. Yes. Um, Mike McDaniel. Yeah, he, it seems like a cool cat, interesting cat. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> intrigued by him. Right. Um, so yeah, so I'm not really sure what they're going to do with this first pick, um, but I think right now you kind of, you know, you look at your your overall team. You have your quarterback. I don't think you need to mess with that. I think two is fine. Um, you look at the defense, who's on the board. Perrion Winfrey is, 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 you know, it's never bad to address the trenches. Roger McCreary, you have, you know, you just kind of, you settle things with, with, um, uh, help me out here, with Xavier Howard, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I think you're okay at corner. So Devin Lloyd is sitting there and I think he would be a really nice fit for, for the dolphins um, and, and almost a BPA type of approach. And I think Devin Lloyd here, um, there's a few spots he could have gone. You look at you, even I've seen him mocked as early as nine to the Broncos. I think Bucky yeah. Brooks has a nine. I have a, a buddy who who lives out of here, LAFB, uh, shameless plug, Ryan Dyrub, um, <laughs> one of my good buddies, but I, he, he's a big fan of Lloyd, but yeah, man, tumbling all the way to 29, I think is a great steal for the dolphins and, um, yeah, not really sure what direction to go for them. You know, right here, you, you have a need at running back, you have a need at receiver, but there's not really anybody jumping off the page at you. Man, go get Devin Lloyd. This is just the best football player left on the board, and he's going to make your team better, and that's all that matters at this point. Talon left me his favorite player. I th- that's probably why you didn't pick. Th- I noticed you didn't say Daxon Hill's name when you were running through those names. You wanted the Chiefs to get Daxon Hill here. I got to run. I got to run to the, you know, the commissioner with the card on this one. Um, especially when you look at the rest of the board, we'll talk this out real quick. I mean, you know, uh, we're looking at TDN's predictive board, so it's not necessarily exactly, you know, everyone's draft board, but some of the other guys have left that the chiefs could consider interior defensive lineman, Perry on Winfrey, Oklahoma, Roger McCreary, the cornerback from Auburn, DeMarvin Leal, the Texas A&M, Cam Thomas. We know talent like Cam Thomas from the edge from San Diego state. Jaquan Brisker, the safety from Penn State, is still there as well. Um, you know, Boye Mafe, we talked about him. That's a possible pick at 30. But, man, when you're talking about a guy that could just help in multiple ways on the defense, you know, I really think Daxon Hill, first of all, we're going to see him on Sunday. He's probably going to test so well, we're probably not going to be able to see him at 30. But we're living in an imagination world where Daxon Hill is not tested yet. And so, yeah, he's here at 30. Yeah, I just think. He could, he's already so good, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage. He's very athletic, but he can, you know, he can make tackles. He can make plays, you know, man-on-man coverage in the slot. But he can, you know, I, I do think he has the development and and the possibility to also just be in every position as a safety, you know, whether, you know, he has he has the athleticism to be a, a, a deep safety. He has 
you know, the, the, the prerequisite strength and power, I guess, at, at his size, you know, to make tackles, you know, in the flat, like a luxurious need kind of. So I think Daxon Hill makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs. And this is what I'll give you the opportunity to, to, to make sure, you know, you, you catch your guy. This is Town's guy. And, you know, I, I'm just glad that the Chiefs got him here. What are your thoughts on the Daxon Hill falling to the Chiefs? Hey, look, it is what it is, right? Dolphins, there's just not a need of safety. They, they don't need Daxon Hill. <laughs> Devin Lloyd's a better choice for them. Um, so, yeah, Chiefs get a steal, man. Daxon Hill, yeah. I, I love Dax, man. He's, he's, I would be, I would be floored if he's sitting there at 30. Uh, the dude is is going to turn some heads at the combine. He's already turned a lot of heads, but yeah, I love this pick. And if all goes well, depending on who's there and how the board plays out, um, yeah, Daxon Hill at 30 would be would be great. Um, but yeah, obviously, it all just depends on on how free agency goes and, and, and who's sitting there and, and what the Chiefs really need. But Daxon Hill is going to make the Chiefs defense better if, he, if, he's, a, if he's at it. Um, <clears throat> so looking ahead to Cincinnati, uh, we talked about them a little earlier. Uh, I heard uh, their head coach, uh, Zach Taylor, talking at the combine today and just, you know, how to find impactful players late in in the draft and um, – or not late in the draft, but like late with later first-round picks and, and how, right. to, how to do that. And he, he and he referenced T. Higgins and, well, they got him at like, what was there, 33, I think. Um, so you can find those guys. Well, um, there's no in terms of what they need, and I think they need to really do a better job of protecting Joe Burrow. Uh, they have Jonah Williams at left tackle. There's not really that solidified left tackle anymore left on the board. Um, so what I think they're going to do is find that swing tackle and find somebody who can also play interior, um, and that's Sean Ryan from UCLA. Ah, wow. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Sean Ryan. I've um, followed him a little bit. I, I used to cover LA football, which encompassed pro in college. So um, followed him for a little bit for the Bruins. And I, I like, he, he reminds me of a Dalton Reisner type to where he played tackle in college. Um, he played on the left side. Reisner played on the right for K-State. But but Ryan is, is was a highly recruited guy out of high school. Um, played on the left side for UCLA for two, three years. He, he's been a longtime starter. <clears throat> um, he's probably going to, he, if you slid him inside, he would perform better. He's probably got a higher ceiling inside or at right tackle. I would, I would feel comfortable putting him there. Um, and for Cincinnati, you need someone who can play all five spots and Sean Ryan could play all five spots in a pinch, put him on the left side. He'll, he'll, he'll be okay. Um, you know, just, just scheme around him. But, but yeah, I think for, for what the Bengals need, you're coming off of the Super Bowl loss. Um, you have Joe Burrow. You you spend an early pick on Chase. You obviously have T. Higgins. You have Joe Mixon. You're you're fine skill set wise, um, other than tight end, which you can find later. But man, get better in the trenches. Sean Ryan makes you better in the trenches. He makes you better at arguably every spot because he has depth and starting caliber talent at every at every single spot. So yeah, for me, Sean Ryan, UCLA Bruins for the Cincinnati Bengals at 31. Man, what a not a coincidence, I guess. But I was doing my top 10 offensive tackles and. He just stood out to me so too much to not put him on there. That's why he snuck in at number 10 for me. I mean, obviously he's higher for you because I mean, he, you know, I wouldn't, I, you know, 10th offensive tackle doesn't get taken in the first round. So I love it. I, I think as a true junior for him to have all the experience he already does. And, you know, he started since he was a freshman, a true freshman. And he's, you know, he's already, he's, he's already has all the experience and he's obviously very young and still has room to develop in terms of, you know, his maturity as a, as a player. So, 
I like that. The one thing that stood out to me about him is, man, he's got some some tree trunks for legs, man. Those things are are huge. So I I always you know I always love that 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 foundation, man. That that base, man. That's that's a lot of what it takes to play in the NFL on the, on the offensive line is just having a foundational strength or anchor. And it seems like he does have that, even though you know maybe it's not you know maybe he's not just like the most solid guy. Like he can still you know get pushed around a little bit. Um, and that's why he's not a surefire first round pick or anything, but. At the same time, like I, I see the development, I and I, I really liked him when I watched him. So I'm glad you shouted him out. So, number 32 here, last pick of the draft. Lions here, you know, they'd probably, I, I would think they'd trade out here. Um, but you know what? At the same time, if there's some org- organization, they may use that first round pick. Let's just take a swing on a quarterback. And honestly, the guy that I'm going to, I think, going to come around on as my favorite quarterback to become an actual starting NFL quarterback out of this whole class is Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. I think he is the guy that could actually, you know, become a starter out of this class. Like I just mentioned, Malik Willis is more of a dream. I think he has the traits, but you know, that's a, that's a big project to work on. Ritter might, might be a guy that if he gets in the right situation, I think he could pull a Dak Prescott and and play pretty well um, right out the gate. The problem is he's getting drafted by Detroit. So that's not going to be the case, but you know, in, in another situation, if he was drafted, you know, by, Let's say like a, I think a steal, like if a Steelers takes him, I, I could see them, you know, being a competitive team with him at the helm. Um, you know, some other teams maybe, uh, shoot, you know, looking through the the class. Um, Saints are sitting there. I don't, I mean, again, that's, you're not yeah. giving them the best opportunity to win in New Orleans. Yeah, I actually, the Saints were the next thing I was going to say. Um, you know, like if, if Denver for some reason happens to get him, I do think he, they could be a competent team with him. Um, I just think the you know he ran NFL offense in college at Cincinnati. Luke Fickle definitely has him ready for the NFL in terms of the terminology, in terms of what he has to know. I don't think all the quarterbacks in this class are going to be as ready. You know, a guy like Matt Corral is going to. I feel like there's going to be a, a big transition for him in the NFL, and I just don't see that same for Ritter. So that's my quarterback take of the day. But Talon, we just went through all 32. I had a lot of fun. Um, now. Kind of look back back through your board. I'll give you a second to maybe think about it. But is there a certain pick to team, um, even if it's not maybe the one you picked, but that you just really, really like the combination of the two? Um, you know, looking through mine, I, I do think, you know, one of them I think that makes a lot of sense for me. I mean, I kind of liked it when I first said it too. But Trayvon Walker for Baltimore, I really think he could become a stud for them. Um, but is, there any, is there any that stand out to you as kind of your favorite picks of the draft? What do you think? Uh, honestly, I kind of like your pick for the Steelers at 20 with Zion Johnson. Um, that's sneaky good, man. They they need some – I know they, they played some rookies across their offensive line, and um, they need stability there. They, they really need to get better there. I, I, Zion Johnson, I think, would be a Trey Smith or Creed Humphrey type of impact for that for that offensive line as a rookie. So I, 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 I'm starting to really dig that one. Yeah. No, I, I think the Steelers would be smart to, to stop – drafting skill position players and finally freaking draft some offensive linemen in the first round so well that was fun man i had a blast doing that with the town so hope you did too hope the listeners had a blast reading this i know we just went over an hour but it's mock draft season man and this is what we're gonna do so you cannot complain if you're a listener you know you love every second of it uh no talent i appreciate you coming on with me tonight um you know You'll be hearing from me and him very soon, listeners, because me, him, and Brian will be back on the AP Draft Room Sunday when all the combine is done and we have a little more to break down um, combine-wise. So, yeah, 
I'm excited, man. Good weekend coming up. So, you know, I'm Ron for Talon. I really appreciate you guys listening. We'll, we'll get you out of here on this and uh, just tune in and, and we'll be back Monday for the AP Draft Room. <laughs>